Welcome to Pursuing Quality Long-Term Care, an educational podcast for individuals needing long-term care and their families. Join us as we talk with national experts and advocates about strategies you can use in the pursuit of quality long-term care. When a person enters a nursing home, one of the first things they usually do is sign their admissions contract. Typically, these contracts contain pre-dispute arbitration agreements. These agreements take away your right to hold your nursing home accountable in court for any potential negligence or wrongdoing. In this episode, Consumer Voices' Jocelyn Bogdan speaks with Victoria Shaw, an experienced trial attorney in the field of elder law, about why nursing home residents should not sign pre-dispute arbitration agreements, what rights residents have regarding these agreements, and what arbitration may look like for residents who have already signed their contracts. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to be discussing pre-dispute arbitration agreements. I think many of us hear those words and maybe zone out a tiny bit without really knowing what they mean. In fact, arbitration agreements are part of our daily lives all the time. They're in most of the contracts and agreements that we encounter every day. And a lot of us don't really understand them, what they do, or what rights they take away. If people take anything from this podcast today, we want you to understand what arbitration agreements look like and do in the nursing home admission contracts and understand what your rights are regarding them. We want you to know that they are most likely there in your contract, and importantly, that despite being there, they're not required, and you do not need to sign them to be admitted to your nursing home, and that you should actually not sign them. We're very happy to be joined today by Victoria Shaw, Tori, an attorney who's an expert on this issue. Thank you so much for enjoying. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Tori. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always always a pleasure to uh, be a part of Consumer Voice in any way possible. So, um, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Victoria Shaw. Uh, I am a nursing home abuse and neglect trial attorney. Uh, my office is in New Jersey, um, and I actually am a former Jackie Koenig uh, intern from Consumer Voice. So, I'm very 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 happy to be here for you. Yeah, and we're really happy to have you. Um, so to start off, I think again, most people hear the words arbitration agreement or arbitration clause, and they don't understand what it is or what it yeah. means or why it's something that should matter to them. Okay. Um, but it should matter. So what is an arbitration agreement? Um, it definitely matters. Um, so uh, this could be in a nursing home agreement, an assisted living agreement, um, even um, ho- uh, home health care agreements. But gosh, you're absolutely right. It's in every everyday life that we have these. They're in cell phone agreements. They're in everything right now. So if you ever get an agreement that you sign up for with somebody um, in even purchasing an item, um, read through, honestly, take a take a quick second, read through that agreement because you'll see it's clauses, right? So it's, it's an arbitration agreement, which is a part of a clause in a contract, right? So what I first want to do is, is just to explain what arbitration is and what it is not, right? Um, so as a part of the contract, if you sign that contract, what you're agreeing to is that you're saying, yes, if something happens, then I I give up my right to have a jury trial, right? Um, what you are not giving up is you can still have your claim be heard, but it's before arbitration, right? And so then becomes the question, okay, well, if it's not a jury trial, what the heck is arbitration, right? Um, so arbitration is where you have um, either one one retired judge or a panel of, of attorneys or judges or, uh, you know, that that sit and hear your case and they make a determination which is binding 
on the decision that happens from your case, as opposed to having the community hear about what happened to uh, you, your loved one, who, whoever it might be, um, having people hear, hear about that. And I think, you know, even just with the recent decision in South Carolina, the, the criminal case in South Carolina, um, that I, um, you know, that it's really important because you know, it, it allows people to hear about what's going on in their community and who, what people are in their community and what's going on there too. And then letting them decide what what should and should not happen within their own communities. And, and if there needs to be a penalty for that, then what is that penalty, right? Um, it's letting people be a part of that process. And, and instead of that happening, you're really sitting down in front of one person um, or a panel of people um, who are also within the industry that are making a determination. So we're so basically, sorry, we're basically like privatizing this yeah. process. So we're taking it out of the way it would happen in a normal court system and we're putting it in a private system instead. And Correct. so in, in the context we're talking about this today, um, you know, that's, that's sort of what happens in what arbitration might look like. But two, two sort of questions. One, when would this matter to a long-term care resident? Um, and, and sort of piggybacking on that, what we, what we see and what we'll talk about seeing in these contracts are actually pre-dispute arbitration agreements or clauses. So, yeah. so what does that mean? And how does that, you know, for someone who is coming into a nursing home for the first time, they see their contract, what are they going to see? And what does that mean to them? Like, when are they, when is it going to matter to them that there is a pre-dispute arbitration agreement in their contract? Okay. Yeah. I definitely want to hit that up. I just, I, let me, one, one other quick thing I want to throw out there. Sure. Oftentimes gets confused and, and people think that arbitration is what we talk about in mediation. And that's something completely different. Mediation is where you have um, a mediator that sits between the two parties and they, they talk it out and try to get to a resolution between the parties negotiating between themselves, um, as opposed to having a panel or having uh, one person decide what you're going to get and you got to take what you're going to get and, and that's all you're going to get. So just so right. there's a distinction there, because I think that oftentimes that that can get really confusing for people. So that being said, you're talking about pre-dispute arbitration, right? Um, what happens is it comes up in two contexts that I've seen um, for, out of a nursing home contract, right? So one of them has to deal with um, money. The other has to deal if there's a personal injury. Um, I do the personal injury aspect, um, but I have sure. handled situations where there is also, you know, uh, an issue as to whether payment was made, not made, um, trying to collect that money and, and that sort of thing too. Um, what I'm going to focus on, though, is the injury, the pre-dispute uh, pre arbitration clauses is related to somebody that sustains an injury in a facility. So um, when you're looking at, when you're sitting down and you're getting that admission contract, mm -hmm. uh, what makes this so unfair? Because what people say is, well, you know, you, you have the contract, just read it. Um, is that oftentimes the language that's put into this contract, number one, is hidden, right? You can have an admissions contract with a like, gosh, 40, 50 pages of an admission contract. And then in the middle of that on page 22 is an arbitration agreement. And what, what I am frequently told happens is that, you know, somebody comes from uh, an acute care setting from a hospital, right? 
fall, fracture hip, change in mental status, something happens, somebody has to go to the hospital and then they're told they need to have rehabilitation. They get sent to a nursing home and you're being pushed out of the hospital and sent to a facility in order to go get rehab services. When you're being pushed out, then you have to also try to fight your way in, right? Um, because where else are you gonna go? You're being told you need this care and treatment. So then you get this 50 page contract with a host of things that are involved in it. And there you feel that pressure that you have to sign it or else you're not going to be able to get right. self or your loved one that care, right? That's setting the stage as to how oftentimes this goes down. Um, and that's why that also makes this very um, one-sided, right? Um, the power shift is really one-sided leaning towards the, the nursing home and leading towards the company as opposed to the individual. So you sit down, um, you're supposed to have it, have somebody from admissions or somebody from the facility sit down and explain to you what this actually means, right? And the other part to it is that in that they cannot, the facility absolutely cannot make it a condition of you coming to the facility, okay? So it'll be in there. Um, they also have to make it what's called non-conspicuous, right? So it's got to be big, bold letters, right? You know, this is a binding arbitration agreement. You are giving up your right to a jury trial. Um, you know, that, that information has to be there. It can't be a whole host of legalese language that isn't going to be really confusing for somebody because how are you ever going to understand that? Um, so that's how it how it comes down. And really, that's where it's actually the definition of a pre-dispute arbitration agreement comes in, because you're not in dispute at that time. Um, you're really just trying to get the services of the facility, and they're having you sign this before anything ever crops up. Um, so how are you supposed to know whether you would want to go with with an arbitrator or whether you do want to have a jury um, and, and have your matter heard before a jury trial? That's the other issue with pre-dispute arbitration agreements where we've done, where things have cropped up in the past is where, you know, um, later on somebody says, Hey, do you still want to move forward with this as a jury trial? Or do you want to go forward with arbitration? That's, that is something completely different. That is at dispute arbitration, um, as opposed to pre-dispute arbitration where you're giving up your rights before anything's ever occurred. Right. And so dispute can mean a lot of things. And you're talking about personal injury. So, you know, we're talking about if you are someone who is about to enter a nursing home in the context that you just described, where there's a power dynamic that's quite difficult. Right. Um, you know, you're sitting there. Your first thought is not even that you're going to be in dispute with the nursing home. You right. no one wants to enter a nursing home thinking I might end up falling because of negligence. I might end up with a black eye because someone, whether it's a staff member or another resident has actually attacked me. These are all things that can and do sometimes happen. Right. And by signing a pre-dispute arbitration agreement, you're making this choice before that happens when you really right. don't think anything like that will happen. Right. Um, another thing that you touched on that I want to talk a little bit more about is sure. the fact that nursing home residents do have rights around these agreements. And one of those rights is, as you said, these are not a condition of admission. So Correct. even if they're in the contract, you have the right to cross it out, to not sign it, um, and that the nursing home has the obligation to explain it to you. Yeah. I, that, that's a relatively new rule. And I want us to just talk a little bit about how we think that might actually play out. Because sure. in an ideal world, I think, 
what that means is somebody sits down and in a manner and in a language that you understand, this is what an arbitration agreement is, much the way we're talking about today. And this is this is what it does. And this is this is what you should think about. But in reality, I don't imagine that is what is happening in nursing homes. So if you could just speak to that a little bit. Sure. Um, I can tell you um, specific examples from from yeah. from, from family members and, and residents that that um, have been where facilities are trying to hold that resident to that's that signed arbitration agreement. Um, what happens in, in New Jersey, where I am, um, under a certain case law that's here, it's this case called Adelaide versus U.S. Legal Services. It allows us to do something um, called, you know, on, on discovery on arbitration specifically, right? So we get to take some depositions of those admissions people and your deposition will be taken on that particular issue as to how that situation went down, which are just talking about Jocelyn, right? Come to the facility, facility is supposed to sit down and explain this to you. Number one issue is the facility itself doesn't understand um, what arbitration is. And I can't tell you how frequently I've taken depositions of admissions directors, social workers, um, you know, any anybody that they can find that, that was supposed to sit down and explain this, and they have absolutely no idea what it is themselves. Um, so they get it confused with mediation. They get it confused with understanding that you're giving up your right to it, your constitutionally given right to a jury trial. Um, and they give some, some hodgepodge of something that just doesn't even exist in, in the legal world. Um, so that's, that's situation number one. Situation number two um, is uh, I've actually have had, um, instead of people striking it out, they just don't, sometimes they'll have like initials next to certain things, right? And the arbitration clause is one that they'll have you initial. Well, my person doesn't put an initial there, but also doesn't strike it out. Um, and by not putting their initial there, they'd be like, I didn't agree to it. Well, I've had a number of instances where, um, their initials are fraudulently put on there where somebody else from the facility or somewhere, somewhere along the line, um, somebody else signed my, my family member or residence initial in that spot. Um, so, you know, that, those are the, the, the scary versions um, sure. of happens. What I also believe happens though, far too often is that, um, they'll try to push the resident themselves to sign it. Um, and the resident may not have capacity or may have be lucid at one moment and not another moment. And, um, so in signing these things, they may not have had the, the correct mind mental state in order to be able to sign it. Um, let alone the, the bargaining power of, of, of that. And then, and then also to be able to understand it, even if somebody from the facility was explaining it to them. Anytime right. I have a situation where the resident was the one who actually signed the agreement, I automatically am going back through that chart to review how that person was, what was going on with them when they left the hospital, left their home, was going to this facility. Right. And I mean, you know, and some of those sound like pretty serious or severe examples. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure that all happens a lot. I mean, another thing I envision is just you're rushing to get through a contract. And as you said, you know, the staff might not even be ill-intended. They might not have any ideas, you said, what these even are, but they might have some concept and they might just say, oh yeah, this just means you don't have to worry about going to court or this is just, you know, something, this is just a legal thing, don't, you know, where it isn't really properly explained to people um, because as you said, people don't understand what they are. And so somebody willingly signs it. Um, and that sort of brings me to, 
you know, and, and we started talking about what we talked about what arbitration is and what it looks like in the beginning. But can we talk a little bit about why I think we both strongly encourage residents not to sign these agreements and sort of what the biggest problems are? I mean, starting with the fact that I think it is it is almost never does a resident win in arbitration. Um, you know, the odds on winning an arbitration case heavily favor the nursing homes. Um, but there are also problems with the process of arbitration itself, that, not problems, but things that make it different than a court case. Um, so can we talk a little bit about that? Like there are no rules of evidence, um, th things that sort of make it different and why people would prefer it to, be, why, why people might prefer a court proceeding. Yeah, look, I mean, I, the biggest thing that I would say is you lose a jury of your peers, right? Again, it's about the community and having the community hear about what's been going on at this particular facility and what specifically happened to this individual. Um, one of the things that I do is I also try to show systemic issues of the facility that right. led to this particular thing situation happening, right? That matters to people. That matters in the community. That does not matter to an arbitrator. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't. You know, it's, it's something that they say, okay, get to the point. Um, what happened to this person? And, and you're like, okay, what happened to this person happened because of what happened at this facility. And I'm trying to help you to understand that if they had done, hadn't spent all this money on putting money in their own pocket and put it back towards care, that this person would have received the care that they needed and not ended up in this situation. They don't, they, it's, it's a really difficult concept that unless you have people that truly understand those, those issues, um, that it, it could, could bypass them um, on, on it actually mattering. The other issue is, is that, okay, so um, um, where they were having certain panels, uh, certain agreements will state exactly where they want you to grab um, arbitrators from. Mm -hmm. So not only are you agreeing to arbitration, but you're also agreeing as to where those panel members are going to come from. Um, over time, some of those companies have dissolved and it's it's a whole weird thing as to where then you get an arbitrator from or, or how to handle those types of situations. Um, but what was happening was you had certain companies that were, um, st were stockpiling their arbitrators that were um, more, I guess, quote unquote, defense friendly. Um, mm -hmm type of arbitrators and um and you really didn't have people that were independently reviewing these matters um on a, on a fair basis so again you're stacking the deck in favor of uh of the facility itself rather than having something that's equal for both sides um and and that's what a jury trial really does i mean I, i'll be honest with you when looking at cases and looking at resolving cases it's a matter of what is the trial risk um, to both sides, um, and nobody. <laughs> it's a it's a complete it's a complete um, offshoot as to what that could actually be for people, um, one way or another. So when you do that in an arbitration, though, it's it's something that is considered very differently, and you look at things very differently as to how they're going to be presented. Um, a lot of things, you know, get decided. You were talking about rules of evidence. Um, and yes, in a, in a courtroom, you do have rules of evidence, um, but you, you also have a judge that makes the determinations as to what comes in and what doesn't come in. Mm -hmm. um, in an arbitration, it's kind of, it can, it can be um, kind of a cluster mess unless you have somebody that's really familiar with the process and system of, of how to do it. Um, so you really don't know who you're getting unless you actually select that person to be, to be the, to be an arbitrator. If you get a panel, then you've got three people who are deciding how that's going to go down. Um, so it's, it's 
gosh, it is just more of a cluster mess of inequality, shall we say. (laughs) Sure. And you know, something you mentioned in the beginning that I think is really important, you talked about sort of looking at the systemic and the history of the nursing home or what's happening. Um, That also raised to me that I know in a lot of arbitration proceedings, um, the decision is often sealed. So no one so no one else can see what happened. So there really isn't a record of any wrongdoing on the part of that facility because it's not accessible to people. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, I can right now there's in New Jersey, there's a system that we have. It's, it's our NJ court system that you can look up any case um, and look up any pleadings or anything that, that happens from that, that case. And you can see what, you know, what's, what the disposition of the case is. There's all this information that's there. I mean, we have to take efforts in order to, protect certain information because it ends up being public. Right. Um, and that, that's great. Um, you know, in, in certain, in, in context of, of this, um, however, in arbitration, oftentimes the information then doesn't become available. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is certainly not as accessible to, to the public, um, as to what, what actually went down, um, unless there was an arbitration award, um, that's in favor of the, of the plaintiff. And it's something that you want to, to want to share, um, you know, it's just not out there for the general public to see, Um, you know, when it comes to, you know, the court system, gosh, there are cases sometimes that I end up getting um, phone calls from reporters on that I didn't even reach out to, but they had that information from the court system that they were able to grab. And and then we can talk about what's out there and what can and can't be public. Um, So that's, that's kind of the distinction there. Yeah. And then the only other thing that I had in my head is the fact that these decisions are almost always final. So unlike in the court system where you could appeal, once the arbitrator has made their decision, there's often really no room for um, the, whether it's a nursing home resident or whoever, to really do anything about it. Yeah, you don't. You don't have you don't have that post post trial motions, right? Um, post trial motions in in regular court, um, you end up having you can have appeals, you can have all sorts of, of various issues that get addressed and handled. Um, and while some of those things may get may get addressed in an arbitration, it's just done in a completely completely different way. Um, and you don't again, you don't have that same public knowledge of, of what went down and, and what really is there and, and how, you know, how, how all that happened. Right. So, and, and that's what it's, I mean, it's, it's pre-dispute arbitration, but it's pre-dispute binding arbitration. Right. Um, and so that's, I think that term also needs to always be thrown in there is that these decisions, you're right. These decisions are final. Um, these are the, the decisions that are made by an arbitrator. There's no real wiggle room, um, unless there's some sort of, of actual post post motion that you need to discuss with the arbitrator or, um, have them look at or handle on evaluation basis, but you you get what you're going to get. Um, and there's no real, um, uh, discussion about that when it comes, you know, like, like you might have in a, in a courtroom. So, you know, you've talked a lot sort of, you know, in, in your answers, you've talked a lot about real world examples, but could you just talk a little bit more about that? Like how this plays out in the real world and whether you talk about, you know, a case you've worked on where it would have been very different if it had gone to arbitration or people who have really, you know, you talked about a lot of, um, nursing home contracts you see where people have agreed to arbitration who have then been barred from going forward. Um, if you could just talk a little bit about your real world um, experience with this, that would be great. Sure. Um, look, I, I I fight as many as I possibly can. Um, you know, and I think um, 
I think, again, it's standing up for consumer rights, right? Um, because if you have a facility that has taken advantage of somebody's consumer rights, um, you know, they deserve their opportunity to have that um, adjudicated in a court. Um, you know, it's it's becomes tricky because you end up with, even though you may have great arguments, um, a judge has to make that determination um, as to whether you then go forward with arbitration or not. And, um, you know, you really don't get to sit there and say we are or we're not. You then have to re-argue that particular issue as to whether you are or not. Um, and you're, again, placing that in, in somebody else's hands as to, you know, how they view the facts of how this all went down. Right. So, I mean, you can have the actual arbitration contract, you know, fight, right, about what language was there, um, you know, what, was it created properly? Um, a lot of the, the bigger chains, um, you know, have, have really hunkered down on what language they have in it. So they've paid attention to, um, you know, what, what has worked and what hasn't worked for them um, in order to try to make this as solid as possible. Um, so, you know, when we're looking at the actual agreement, oftentimes we don't really have much wiggle room on that. I think the the um, new section that comes down about making it a require, you know, that they can't make it a requirement of being mm -hmm. um, admitted to the facility. I think um, that's been interesting, too, um, because, you know, they have to take that out. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And, you know, we're all just kind of still working through that particular issue. And and. But the other issue um, is then if, if 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 the judge sister and says no, this agreement was created proper, like the, the agreement itself is is fine. I don't have any issues with the agreement. There, you know, the agreement seems like it's fine, right? Then it becomes you have contract. Um, arguments. And that's really where you're getting down to, was there what's called mutual assent? Um, was both sides able to say that they wanted to be a part of this agreement, which is why it's crucial, as you said before, to either stri to, to strike it out or don't sign it, don't initial it, or to specifically say, do not agree. Um, <laughs> I think that that also, you know, any of those three things should, should work for you. Um, but then you're looking at various issues of capacity, understanding, um, with the sophistication of both sides, um, and really was this a one-sided negotiation? And that's where, you know, we're, like I said, we're fortunate in New Jersey that we're allowed to have that pre-suit discovery. Not every state has that um, to allow people to sit down and go through and, and have um, our clients be deposed, but also for us to go and talk to talk to the administration and find out, you know, what, what was the landscape of how this all went down. Again, right. all of that information then becomes a part of a motion. And then a judge decides, hey, look, like this, this, yeah, I kind of think your people actually did, should have understood that. Um, so, you know what, we're going to send you to arbitration. <laughs> um, or, you know what, no, absolutely not. Your people should not have understood that. Um, so, no, we're going to stay in the court system. Um, so, it, it's tough because it just take, it takes one more thing out of your hands on, on how to be able to handle the case. Right. And I think, you know, that, that just really brings home how important it is to people to understand what they're getting into before they're sitting there signing that nursing home admissions contract and to understand now what rights exist. Because right. like you said, that, that process isn't even everywhere in a lot of places. It's just going to be like, you signed this contract, your initials are there and you're going to move forward in arbitration. And so I think people really need to understand that the way things stand today, these agreements are allowed in your contract. They can be there, but 
you don't have to sign them. You cannot be kept from entering a nursing home because of that. And they need to be explained to you before you sign them. Um, the other thing that you know, pertains to a very small part of, I'm sure, our audience right now, but also generally the population, is that if you have signed these and you want to take it back, you have 30 days to do that. So if you enter a nursing home and then realize afterwards that, you know, there was an arbitration agreement or you see some literature about this and change your mind, you have that 30-day window where you should be able to step, go back and change that. Um, but I guess my last question is based on all of that, um, based on sort of the rights that exist for residents and the experience that you have seen, what advice do you have for residents and their families regarding all of this? Read it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't help, I, you know, I can't stress it enough. I mean, I, I know, I know um, what personally and professionally what that situation looks like when you run down into needing help and you need somebody to um, to help your loved one or to get help yourself um, by by a facility and and by somebody that can provide care and treatment. Um, but it is absolutely crucial um, that you take the time to read it. That you um, you know. Gosh, you know, a lot of times people have elder law attorneys that help them to draft power, draft the power of attorney um, or draft wills or draft those mm -hmm. sorts of things. Um, uh, you know, elder elder law attorneys are, are great in having that information. You can contact me. I'm more than happy to explain it to you and to explain it to you for free. Um, because I'd rather help you out on the front end of this than than deal with it on the tail end. It saves a lot of time and money. Um, but you know, look, I think I think when you get to that section of the contract, when you get there, I mean, obviously, I you know, you can always ask the facility to try to explain it to you. Um, but if you do not feel comfortable with that response or that answer, strike it out. Um, just just strike it out. Um, if, if it's something that you don't know, don't understand, strike it out. Um, and let them let them come back and try to fight you on it because at that point in time, then it looks more like they are trying to get you to agree to it as an agree as a um, condition of admission, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny when you talk about striking things out. That takes me back to earlier when you were talking about the power dynamic that people feel in the situation. 100%. I think generally, people are often hesitant to cross things out of contracts. I will say that as a non-practicing lawyer, I cross things out of contracts I see every day. I mean, my kids had a contract for a bouncy house that was at their school and it basically like indemnified that. them, just crossed it all out. <laughs> I was like, out. sure, I'll sign this, but I'm crossing it out. Um, I, I think people need to feel comfortable with that. I mean, I think that really is a first step because again, you're sitting there with the nursing home. Even if you know in your head, everything we've explained to you today that the nursing home cannot deny you admission, still the idea of sitting in front of someone who is offering you a place you feel is the right place for you, and you sit there crossing things out of their contract, it can feel a little uncomfortable to people sometimes, but it shouldn't. Um, and, I, and I think there needs to be a distinction made, um, Jocelyn, is, is, you know, there's that that condition of admission only applies to nursing homes. So yes, thank you about the long term care industry. Um, it does not apply to assisted livings um, and that those contracts are even more tricky because it is really all contract based. Um, or based on your state law, which most state laws are like minimal 
in comparison to the federal regulations that then govern nursing homes on top of the state regulations that govern nursing homes. Um, assisted livings are state-based. So unless you have really good consumer laws in your state, um, which let me move there, um, but, but you really, um, gosh, they, they can throw pretty much what they want um, in assisted living contracts. And it also, it can also arise in home health care contracts too. Um, and I think that people really just need to, when you're going through that, I know you just want to move through it. Like, okay, this is just another formality. I just want to get to it so that we can get them the care and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, you got, you gotta, you gotta slow it down for a hot second. Um, and just say, okay, what am I signing? What am I signing? And do I really want to sign that or not? And, um, you know, I, I will give you a, a real life personal experience of that um, in that my my family needed home health care and my parents live in another state. And, um, you know, the home health care company was a company that I was able to find um, and uh, through resources of myself. But I had not been provided a copy of the agreement prior to the meeting with my parents. My parents have the capacity, but they have a lot of things going on as they're trying to handle all of this themselves. Um, and I had to, in the middle, as my father's sitting there just signing away, <laughs> I had to put a stop to the meeting, take a photo, let me see it. And I wanna see what you're signing before you sign it. Um, it I think that's that's really key, right? It's on top of looking at it, right? It's taking that second to take a step back and saying, look, this could have greater, could, could, or could not right. have greater consequences for myself and my family in the future. So let me just take a second. And the more somebody tries to push you, you that kind of, you know, should, should ding off to you something maybe, you know, about maybe this really isn't necessarily the, the right place, or, or maybe I don't want to agree to certain things if, if they are going to push me down this rabbit hole. Um, and, and not give me or afford me the opportunity to have somebody else take a look at it or for me to look at this when I have a minute, right? Right. So two things. First, thank you so much for bringing up that distinction because I think a lot of times we we get wrapped up in sort of the federal um, rules that govern nursing homes and, yeah. and we always do need to bring it down to say that things are different in other contexts because nursing homes are governed at the federal level. Assisted livings are not. Um, right. And, you know, your your real world example reminded me of one of my own, which also, you know, sort of raises another issue when when my grandmother, who ironically was in New Jersey, where you are, um, went into assisted living. My dad's an attorney. My mom's a social worker, um, you know, highly educated. And we're working with an elder care attorney. I said to them, you know, what does the contract say about arbitration? Is it in there? They didn't care, you know, I think it's, yeah. I think this is an issue where, again, it isn't just the power dynamic of sitting there at admission, but I think it's also looking for the right place for your loved one. If you feel like you found somewhere, you don't necessarily want to rock the boat. And the idea of, as we talked about earlier, pre-dispute means this is before anything's happened. Then your assumption is going to be maybe nothing will happen. Hopefully nothing happens. So this doesn't matter to me. Right. Um, which is just sort of like, yeah, you know, your right to a civil jury trial never matters to anyone until they actually need it. Um, but but it is important to still take that step back and say, okay, if, you know, this is here for a reason. And as you said, if I'm being pushed or if, you know, people really want me to sign this, I should think about this and, you know, realize that this 
this could matter to me and I should, you know, think about this in, in addition to the millions of other things that you have going on in your mind when you're looking at the right facility for you or your loved one, this is still something that should matter to you and that we should give some attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I will, I will even offer up my services for anyone that's watching this so that um, if you want, if, if you live in a, in another state other than Jersey and you need somebody to take a, take a look at a contract, um, I'm very involved with nursing home abuse attorneys nationally. And I'm sure that anyone would be more than happy to review a contract for you just to, to make sure something's right or not, and make sure you understand what you're signing and not. So, um, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd rather help you on the front end than have to help you on the tail end. Well, that is an awesome offer. Um, and thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm just like, okay, I hope you don't get inundated now with emails or phone calls. Um, That's okay. That's um, but okay. thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is a great conversation and we really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And, and thank you everyone for listening and attending. And again, if you have any questions for me, my name is Victoria Shaw. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Pursuing Quality Long-Term Care. This podcast is a program of the National Consumer Voice for Quality Long-Term Care. Make sure to visit our website, theconsumervoice.org slash pursuingquality, where you can subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and find more information and resources. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode. (laughs) 